You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. As I said, Bible's open to Psalm 37. We are in the second week of our series, The Lord Loves Justice. The Lord Loves Justice. That verse is taken, in case you missed it, directly from Psalm 37, verse 28, where it says, The Lord Loves Justice and he will not forsake his saints. Isn't that encouraging, loved ones? The Lord loves justice, and he will not forsake his saints. So I watched a superhero movie recently. There's a lot of those around, aren't there? And so it was happening, a superhero movie, the good guys were forming their team as usual, right? They're getting to know each other type of thing and kind of feeling out who's got what powers and, and so on. And then as usual in these superhero movies, some ugly guys, some ugly bad guys came up and they were threatening one of the good guys, so to speak, and all that kind of stuff. And then one of the good guys, the superpowers, he steps up and he just wrecks all the bad guys, at least almost all of them, and the rest of them are kind of standing in fear. It just decimates the opposition. And after watching this happen, then the main character of the movie And he looks around and he sees everyone else, kind of the bad guys who are all kind of trembling after what they saw. There's one guy who decimated the opposition and the main character of the movie looks around. He has kind of sense a renewed confidence. He's got a a real gladness in his spirit now and he looks at the bad guys who are remaining and he says and points to the guy who just wrecked them all and he says, I'm with him, right? He says, I'm with him. And meaning to say that like, well, as long as I'm with him, I I can't lose. It's interesting for me, like when you watch such scenes and such movies, there's a part of us, like we really love that scene. Because in each of us, there's a desire that we too could look at someone else who would wreck the opposition around us and we could say, I'm with him. Because if I'm with him, then I cannot lose. It's interesting to me that for all the superhero movies that are produced, and they're just in the, in the hundreds now, because I think that's indicating, again, there's such a longing that we could be attached to someone to save us. That we could follow someone because we know we're not enough. And so hence all, all the entertainment focused on producing superheroes that give us hope in something greater, even though it could be just made up. However, in our passage today, we are presented with a bunch of bad guys. But in our passage today, we are also presented with the greatest superhero ever. And let me say this, the only true superhero, the Lord God Almighty. Over and over again, the Lord promises in this text that he's going to crush evil. That he will decimate the bad guys in the end. But not only that in our text today, the Lord promises blessing, protection, and purpose for all those who put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I studied this passage this week, and I was in kind of in the depths of it, I found myself saying over and over again, as I read the word and my heart was exposed, I found myself saying over and over again this phrase, I'm with the Lord, man. I'm sticking with the Lord. Like you see who he is, and you see what he does, and you're like, what's the alternative? I'm sticking with the Lord. I mean, again, that's all I want. He's all I need. At the end of the day, I'm with the Lord. Loved ones, when you see with eyes of faith, there is no plan B. 
There is no plan B other than the Lord God Almighty, the great I am, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Lord again of all creation, the sovereign, omnipotent, omnipresent again, omniscient God. There is none like him. He is ruler over all in the end with eyes of faith. Man, there just isn't any plan B. So I sat there with great joy in my heart and delight in my, heart, in my soul and just said, man, I'm with him. I'm with him. I love that. I'm with the Lord. And if you look at our passage today, this is what we see because the Lord God Almighty is just the best ever. Let's start with the first two verses as we jump into our outline then. This sermon again called I'm with the Lord. Psalm 37 verse 12, it says this, the wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. Look at this. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. Let's stop right there. Let's get to our first point. Why am I with the Lord, and why should you be with the Lord? Number one, because the Lord laughs at the wicked. He's so awesome. He laughs at the greatest attempts and force of evil. It's so interesting here in verse 12, the wicked plots against the righteous. They also gnash their teeth at him. In verse 14, it says, they draw the sword and bend their bows. So we see here David in Psalm 37, he's describing a very clear description of the plan for the wicked to kill the righteous, and there's such a show of aggression towards the righteous, they gnash their teeth at him. He's looking at that, right? It's very obvious. The wicked seek to intimidate. The wicked want to oppress. And ultimately, again, as we see here, the wicked desire to kill. The text says right there, it says to slay. To slay, in verse 14, those whose way is upright. Now, In response to the wicked's serious aggression towards trying to kill the righteous and oppose the Lord, notice the Lord's response. But the Lord laughs at the wicked. That's encouraging to me. I hope that's encouraging to you. The Lord laughs at the wicked. Now, when someone laughs in such a circumstance, in such a face of aggressive evil, what does that convey? When someone laughs in a situation like this, does it convey worry? Does it convey stress? Does it convey, again, fear? Of course not. Don't laugh if you're truly stressed out and fearful and you're all worried about what might happen to you. It's the opposite, though. For the Lord to laugh here, it conveys perfect confidence. Total power, complete sovereignty. Remember the scenes growing up? I mean, this is kind of where I grew up in those scenes in the cartoons where this really big strong guy was there and this little tiny guy would come up and try to kind of fight the big strong guy and the little guy was like waving his hands and fists like this, whatever. But then the strong guy would simply just stick his arm out on his head and just hold him at a distance and kind of check his nails in the process like this, whatever. Just like no effort whatsoever. That's kind of what's happening here within our path. The Lord is so strong and so powerful and so awesome. He just doesn't have an ounce of worry. 
all the evil in the world. I mean, in the end, Jesus Christ comes riding again on his white horse, and the very breath and the words he speaks completely decimates Satan's best attempt at Armageddon with the great army of evil. It decimates it in a moment. That's how awesome our Savior Jesus Christ is. Therefore, he can, he can laugh at the wicked. Like they really cannot muster anything of any serious threat to our Lord of any kind whatsoever. This is our God. He is in control and he holds every ounce of power. To the point, in the face of the wicked, he laughs. Now why? Why? Well, because the Lord not only sees the future church, but the Lord decides the future. This is the God that we serve. You know, remember this too, right? For all our stress over evil, for all our worry over the darkness of our day, for over all the times we bite our nails and we lose sleep and we're so concerned for all our stress in this way, the Lord wants us to know he's laughing. He's not laughing at us. He's laughing at the evil we're so afraid of. So what happens then? The more you and I become like Jesus Christ, the more we start to become like Jesus Christ. And therefore, we slowly but certainly and surely increase in faith and understand the power of God's sovereignty, and we will worry less. And in this sense, we will also laugh more. I'm with the Lord, man, because he laughs at the wicked. But it's interesting here in our text, too, the wicked do plot, though. It says right there in verse 12, the wicked do plot. But in the end, look at verse 15, their sword shall enter their own heart. Interesting, isn't it? This is, this is so wonderful over Scripture this common theme, evil rises up, evil tries to take out the people of God, even Jesus Christ himself, but their very plan always backfires. Like there's so many examples we can think of. Let's take the book of Esther. And you have Haman. Haman there, he builds the gallows on which he so confidently, smugly, and arrogantly is seeking to hang Mordecai on because he hates Mordecai. But in the end, because the Lord is sovereign and the Lord is in control, it is Haman who actually is hung on the very gallows that he built. His own sword enters his own heart. Time and time and time again, the Lord does whatever he wants. He frustrates the plans of his opposition. He will take the very schemes they have and reverse it against them. Again, all over scripture, this is how it works. Because your God is in control and he laughs at the wicked. So loved ones, all the threatening, all the demonic oppression, all the plots of the wicked, the Lord laughs. Therefore, man, I'm with the Lord, man. I'm with him. He is awesome. I'm sticking with the Lord. Hey, 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 I like the Lord's chances. Do you? And if we like the Lord's chances, which is perfect, then I like our chances as well. God, give us faith in this day to pray in such a way that we know again there is no one that will defeat our God. This is what the Holy Spirit through David wants us to see again today. You worried about your future? You worried about evil? You worried about increasing darkness? The Lord is laughing. Let's join with him. Those are awesome teachers, by the way. That's incredible. Wow. I'm sorry. You just have to stand up and show our people. Can you do that? I mean, that's so good. Like, look at this, okay? You just turn around. Check that. Get the camera on them. I just noticed that right now. Yeah, that is just awesome. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I had to get one of those, huh? That's, that's, 
You got me one? That's amazing! Wow! It has like made my whole year right there. That is, that is, this is an unexpected sermon illustration right now. Yes, that is awesome. And all God's people said? Fret not. Amen. Oh, that, that's amazing. Wow. So encouraged. Wow. All right. Thank you. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Yes. Wow. I'd change into it right now. That'd be awkward. All right? So, yeah. Psalm 2. Look at this in Psalm 2. This verse is so similar to our text today. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers to take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying. See, the nations are raging, the people plotting in vain, the rulers taking counsel against the Lord, against his anointed. They say, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords. But he who sits in the heavens laughs, and the Lord holds them in derision. You see, this is why we're with the Lord. We're with the Lord again because, because he laughs at the wicked man. I'm sticking with the Lord. I hope you are too in the days that we live. Point number two is this. Here's why I'm with the Lord. Because little with the Lord is better than the abundance with the wicked. Little with the Lord is better than abundance with the wicked. Look at verse 16. It says, Better is little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Okay, so this right here is such an important principle of faith for the Christian life. Over and over again, this is repeated in the Bible. Why? Because the Lord wants us to have faith. Because we are slow to believe. The Bible tells us again and again and again, it's better to have the Lord and nothing than to have the abundance and not have the Lord. It's infinitely better to have little and Jesus than to have everything and to not have Jesus. As one person said in the past, put it this way, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Think about that, and that is very, very true. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That is why, church, we're with the Lord. We're with the Lord because there's no other option. Now, this concept of little in our day, especially in the Western world, this idea of little is almost like an anathema to most people. The world under Satan's influence preaches more hard. Like more every day, so hard. Get more, accumulate more, gather more, build more, store more, show more, flaunt more. More, 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 more. More of that which rots. That's what the world preaches under Satan's leadership every single day we live. Then Jesus comes on the scene and Jesus says, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Again, from last week, in the example from Luke chapter 16, the rich man in his sumptuous feasts and all his riches 
compared to Lazarus again at the gate with nothing and dogs licking sores. But in the end, the point of that parable, that story told by Jesus, is again in the end for Lazarus to have little. He ends up having everything with Christ and the rich man who has the abundance in his wickedness in the end has nothing. This takes faith, doesn't it? This takes faith to live this way where every day you and I live, we are being pumped, pumped with all the information to the opposite and the contrary. My identity, my value, my comfort, my ease, my appearance, everything is rooted in the abundance of what the world says is where value and purpose is really found. Jesus says the exact opposite. Jesus tells the parable of the man, again, who stumbles upon the field. He finds the treasure. He sells everything he has because once he has the field, he has the treasure. When he has the treasure, he has everything. The treasure is the gospel. The treasure is Jesus Christ. This is why the Apostle Paul said, I count all things as loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. He counts all things as loss. Everything else is seen as nothing compared to Jesus Christ. Better is little and the Lord than the abundance of the wicked. I mean, That is such a powerful, powerful way to live. It is not common, but it is possible to believe by faith. I can have nothing but have everything in Jesus Christ. Because look at verse 18. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times, In the days of famine, they have abundance. Look at that. The Lord is taking care of his own loved ones. It is infinitely better to have little and the Lord because, listen, the day is coming soon where the inheritance is going to be given. The day of the inheritance of Jesus Christ by faith in him, forgiveness of sins, that is the day where death will be defeated and our heritage, the text says, will remain forever. This is the day there will be no shame. This is the day we will deliver from all sin forever, and instead we will receive eternal glory with Jesus Christ. Yes, we struggle now, but soon we will feast on the eternal riches of Jesus Christ. This is how the Apostle Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at on this theme of having little yet having everything. As we are unknown and yet known. As dying and behold we live. As punished and yet not killed. Or sorrowful yet always rejoicing. As poor yet making many rich. As having nothing yet possessing everything. That's it right there. Having nothing but in reality Paul says we have everything because we have Jesus Christ. This is why we're with the Lord. You can have nothing but have everything. Because you have life in Jesus Christ. This is why so many martyrs have sung at their death. As they were being put to fire at the stake, as their heads are about to be cut off, they are singing praises to Jesus Christ because in the end they know they have nothing, but in Jesus Christ they have everything. Lord, help us to live this way more and more and more. I think it's going to be asked of us. Of course it is. I read all this and I say, wow, man, I'm with the Lord. I'm with the Lord. Again, what's the alternative? I'm with the Lord, man. Who is as awesome as our God? Let me ask this. Who are you with today? Like truly, what we, what we do now is we say, if I look at our lives, or we look at our lives, or I look at your life the past day, week, month, year, what, what is our life truly telling us? Who are we actually with? Are we with the world in the way we live? 
and the way we use resources and the way we spend our time and the affections of our heart? Are we with the world or are we with the Lord? See, for anyone alive in Jesus Christ, the idea of being with the world as opposed to Jesus Christ is the stupidest thing ever based on what we're seeing today. Why would you give your life to nothing in the end to have nothing? But rather to have little and to have everything in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because again, the Bible's very clear. Look at verse 20. So clear. Look at verse 20. But the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. Wow. Yet how many times the Bible says kind of illustrations, metaphors like this, grass, grass withering, the herb withering, puff of smoke vanishing. But here's the thing, right? The puff of smoke, the puff of smoke in our day. For many of us, we say, oh, but it's a nice-looking puff of smoke. Oh, but it's an entertaining puff of smoke. Oh, it's a popular puff of smoke. Oh, it's a very pretty puff of smoke. Oh, it's a buzz-inducing puff of smoke. Oh, it's a puff of smoke with 200 million followers. Yes, but it's a puff of smoke. It's a puff of smoke. It's that transient. It's that frail. It's that meaninglessness. You light a match, and you blow it out, and the smoke just just goes. It's gone. Representing the wicked of our day. Some of us are tempted to worship the puff of smoke. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for being so dumb and for falling into such traps of the enemy. Let me ask you this. How will that puff of smoke do up against the return of Jesus Christ riding on the clouds in all his glory? How will that puff of smoke do? The puff of smoke will vanish into thin air and be gone forever at the very voice of Jesus Christ. Man, I start to play that movie in my head, and it's very encouraging for me to do so. And my response is, I'm with the Lord, man. Like, on that day, like, I want to be with the Lord. My goodness, to not be with the Lord and to be the puff of smoke facing the radiance of the glory and the majesty of God, the vast majority of our world will be that puff of smoke. To be, man, I'm with him. He goes, I'm with him. I'm with him. And look at here he goes, I'm with him. That's awesome. I'm with the Lord. Say it then, say it now. I'm with the Lord. This week, reading Romans 8 in my personal readings, if God is for us, who can be against us? I'm with the Lord, man. If God is on my team, who can be against me? Who can be against us? Who can be against our church? If God is for us, man, I'm with the Lord. Also this week, Psalm 20, verses 7 and 8. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They, right, right, they collapse and fall. We will rise and stand upright. I'm with the Lord, man. Because little with the Lord. Some of you right now, you are tempted to want more. You're tempted to look across the street, look at neighbor, and say, I, I need, I want, I want, I want the car, I want the house, I want this, I want the paycheck, I want, I want more, I want more. If you could stop and be still and take a deep breath and say, man, treasures on earth will rot, but treasures in heaven better is little with the Lord than all the riches you could ever want. To live that out right now, man, your life would change. The freedom, the peace, the joy, the blessing, the release. The release of greed. The release of envy. The release of covetousness. The release of sin and abundance. The release of it all to say, I trust that better is to have little with the Lord because the day is coming so soon where all that matters is the Lord. And then you're able to say, I'm with the Lord, man. I'm with the Lord. 
Reason number three, that I'm with the Lord because his ways lead to life. Look at verse 21. The wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. For those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. Hmm. So if you look at verses 21 and 22 here, you see two options in life. Option number one, inherit the land with God Almighty. Option number two, be cut off with the wicked. Hmm, which one should I choose? Man, this is a tough one. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. With the Lord forever, promised land coming, or to be cut off with the wicked. Also in these verses, two options. I can believe in the Lord and be blessed, or I can reject the Lord and be cursed. Hmm, let me see which one do I want, which one should I choose. It's incredible how many people choose to reject the Lord and therefore choose to be cursed. That's the hardness of the human heart and the blindness of sin. We are presented with the riches of faith and glory in Jesus Christ and forgiveness and eternal life. Some of you are here right now and you've never bowed your knee and placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You are choosing to be cursed by the Lord as opposed to be blessed by him with life forever. God help us to see. God help us to see. It seems so simple, but we still must tell this message over and over and over again. I was at a store in the last week or so, and I just went to pay for an item, and in the end, it was just saying, uh, asking my name, and my email came up, and the man there, he says, he says uh, Hope Oakville, what's that? I said, well, it's a church, and he goes, I was wondering about that, and we started talking. It was a very kind of interesting conversation, and I was uh, encouraged by it, but I remember he's like, yeah, I really think that a lot of people kind of need faith these days. I said, hey, do you have a question I like to ask people a lot? I think it's very helpful, wise, and, and not so intrusive. I said, do you have a faith background? Do you have any faith background? He's like, no. No, I don't. And I said, we talked a little bit more too. It just happened to work out. There wasn't too many people lining up and stuff. And I said, let me ask you this. What do you believe happens when you die? And I tried to ask it in a way, I was just genuinely like, well, I just want to know, what do you believe happens when you die? It was like this man had never been asked that question in his life. I got to admit, it was like an awkward yet powerful moment. He kind of started fidgeting a little bit, and he was trying to wrestle with the answer, and he kind of said whatever. I said, here's what I know, man, in just limited time. We're I said, here's what I know, is that I can't imagine living without the purpose and passion and knowing Jesus Christ without him, I just wouldn't know why I live. I have to know what happens in the end of that. And all I know in that moment, seeds were being planted. People need to hear. And for all the media and for all the messaging, there are millions of people that are desperately dying to hear a message of hope and life. There's so many people, they're hearing the media, but they see through it. They know that's not working. That doesn't add up. There's more than this. There must be more. And to point people to Jesus Christ and to say, listen, I'm with the Lord because his ways lead to life. In the end, that's why we're following the Lord Jesus Christ. Loved ones, we must continue to testify that his ways alone lead to life. So many searching. So many are hurting. The darkness grows. The pressure to capitulate grows with it. The cultural lies advance every day. But what are our options, right? What are our options? I'm with the Lord. In him there is life. The promised land is coming. John 16 on the screen for you. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. He has caused us to inherit the land. 
In Hebrews chapter 11, it says of those before us that they desired a better country. A better country. They understood why they lived. Many of you right now hurting. Many of you right now here sorrowful. Listen. Sorrow may last for the night. But joy comes in the morning. That's the hope. That's the inheritance of the land. Listen, sorrow may last for the night. Blessed are you who weep, for you shall laugh. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall weep. Sorrow may last for the night. Joy comes in the morning. That's dating myself right there too, man. But yeah, it's true and it's awesome. This is why we're with the Lord. Now, I just want you to see this. Before we move on from this, I want you to notice the first word in verse 22, for, in my translation, for, which is an explanation of verse 21. So watch this. Because we have been given life and, quote, land in Christ, therefore, We are the outworking of this. We are to be generous and give. You see verse 21? The wicked borrows does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. The wicked hoard are greedy and stingy, but believers are so eager that others know Christ that they give. They're so passionate about the kingdom. So this is cool. One of the ways we know we're with the Lord, according to this verse right here, one of the ways we know we're with the Lord is generosity in our lives. That's super encouraging. One of the ways we know we're with the Lord, that he's working in our lives, is that we're so eager for others to hear the gospel and be saved in the gospel that we are generous towards the kingdom. For individuals like Elijah that we heard today on the video. And so many more. So just to recap, I'm with the Lord because he laughs at the wicked, because little with him is better, because his ways lead to life, and then point four, love it. I'm with the Lord because I may stumble, but I may not fall. I may stumble, but in the end I will not fall. Look at verse 23 now. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Listen, though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. Several other translations in verse 24, they say this, though he stumble, he shall not fall. The meaning here is, is that we get knocked down. We will get knocked down. But ready, church? But in Christ, we will rise again. We will get knocked down, but we will rise again. Some are here right now in this moment living out that truth. You have been knocked down, but you are here. Some of you watching right now, you are being knocked down, but the Lord grabs your hand and raises you up. You're not done. I'm not done with you, says the Lord. You will rise again by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Proverbs 24 Verse 16 has always been one of my favorites, spoken over me before. For the righteous falls seven times and rises. What does this tell you, eh? Seven times. Again, the number for plentiful and just, and just indicating for us it's going to happen a lot. The righteous falls seven times and rises again. Some of you are here, man, and you find yourself in the ditch again. You've been knocked down, you've been hurt. 
you've been opposed, you've been wounded, and yet the Lord, even in this moment, using this very verse and this very text, that you will rise again because you belong to the Lord. But the wicked stumble in times of calamity. I may fall or I may stumble, but I will not fall. I may fall, but I will rise again. Oh, may the Lord encourage us supernaturally right now. How many times we've been in the ditch, and yet. Hey, how many times we've wanted to give up. I mean, just think. Just think your own life. How many times you've wanted to give up, and yet. Just think how many times we've fallen in sorrow, crying ourselves to sleep, sensing darkness all around us, fighting against despair and depression, and yet, and yet, how many times we've stumbled in our sin, how many times we've been pummeled with accusation from the enemy, and yet, how many times we've strained to see life through the tears in our eyes, of sadness and grief. And yet, though the righteous fall seven times, he will rise again. Second Corinthians 4, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down. Say it with me right here, three words, but not destroyed. Struck down, say it with me, but not destroyed, but not destroyed. Look at this, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. Wow, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. We may be struck down, we will not be destroyed. This is why I'm with the Lord, man, because you may stumble but you will not fall. You may fall, but you will rise again. Oh, loved ones, only the Lord can do this. The wicked will stumble. They will not rise again. They will fall. They will be cast down forever. But this is why we're with the Lord. We're with the Lord because he upholds us, the text says, numerous times. And notice this, loved ones, notice this. It's not the promise we will never stumble, it's the promise we will rise again. Look at verse 25, last two verses. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. Oh, look at the encouragement for your family and your children right here. For those who delight in the Lord, the promise here for those who commit to the Lord, for those who trust in the Lord, for those who follow the Lord, for those who have faith in the Lord, The command is here, the Lord takes care of his own. It's not that they don't go through trial. It's not that they don't stumble. It's not that there's not pain. It's not that there's not sorrow at times. But in the end, the Lord will have his way. The Lord wins on our behalf. And in this case, the promise is, and his children will become a blessing. Awesome. Many of us, in the darkness that surrounds us, We are so stressed and worried for our family and for many of us, we say, I don't care what happens to me, but my kids. The Lord says to you today, you delight in me, I'll take care of your kids. 
You trust me, I got your back. You follow me, you delight in me, I'll make sure your family becomes a blessing on my time and my way. That is an awesome promise today. That's why I'm with the Lord. And that is why all of us, Today, renewed in reality. Again, the darkness, the darkness, the darkness. What's God doing? He's laughing. He's laughing at the darkness. God, help us to laugh a little more too. In the right sense of that. His children become a blessing. We look at our passage, we see the truth. The power of the Lord, His grace, His generosity and glory. And I just, I got one phrase. I'm with him, man. I'm with him. I like my chances. I'm with him. Hey, question. Are you with the Lord? Are you with the Lord? Hey, maybe today. Maybe today's a moment of confession again. Maybe today is a day of rededication. Maybe in the past several months you've strayed. Maybe in the past several months you've wandered. Maybe in the past several months you'd be more with the world than with the Lord. Today can be a day of confession, rededication. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. And today, for the first time ever, you see Jesus Christ. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead to forgive your sins and to defeat death forever, that you can become one of his children, that you forever can say, I am his and he is mine. I shall not die. I'm with the Lord. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. You, the Bible says, you shall be saved. Maybe today's a day of confession and today's a day of rededication. Lord, Lord, I need to get back on track. Lord, I need you. Lord, I say, I say, whatever else happens, I'm with the Lord. I'm with the Lord. Because again, again, in the end, what's your plan B? Whatever it is, it stinks. And whatever it is, it doesn't work. And hopefully you already know that already. Lord, we're with you. Hope Church, we're with the Lord. Amen? Hope Bible Church, we declare publicly together, our plan A is the Lord, and there is no plan B. May it be so. May it be so in Jesus' name. Let's pray, church. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads right now, and I just pray maybe again, what do you need confess? I wonder if today is a day of rededication for some. I wonder if today is a day of salvation for some. You just take a moment right now. Lord, I confess you are everything. Better is a little with the Lord than the abundance with the wicked. Oh God, I pray. You will use this time. You will use this text we with joy will see there's no one like our God. Lord, I pray many men, women, children today rededicating their lives at this point to say, Lord, I have wandered, I've strayed today. Today I say I am with you. We pray this together now. In Jesus' name, amen.